welcome to Tennis Times the Podcast with Lou, Russ and me. You can hear him and his special guests at the extended interviews for the web series with me and her. True story. We are Russ and Lou Caligari and together with Paul Glover Drummer we talk to people who love what they do so you can too. Hey Hi team. team! Welcome to episode three of the Hashtag Thames Times All one word. podcast brought to you by the Caligaris and Paul Glover Drummer. So what to expect on this episode? Paul Glover Drummer is taking over. So it's his first guest, um, which I suppose is why we're introing it, right? Yeah, we're the hostesses, with the mostesses. That's one. He's with um, his mate Warren Borg. Or Wargie, as uh, they've nicknamed him. Wargie Borgie. Have they done that, Warren Borg? Oh, I see. Yeah, Wargie. So I suppose that the podcast with Wargie and Paul, was it Porgie? Or a war. Nice. Mm. Um, So they're basically friends because, um, well, they'll tell you. They'll tell you just up front, so you know. They're friends because they um, were bandmates on tour with uh, Scroobius Pip. Um, in the live band, I think uh, Wargie also was a co-writer for that. So two-year tour campaign. And they that, that's where they got their friendship. And you're going to hear many tour stories. Tour stories. What goes on tour does not stay on tour. I bet there's loads of name dropping. <laughs> <laughs> why wouldn't you? Yeah, why wouldn't you? And there's a, there's a great story um, about Morrissey. Mm. Don't want to spoiler alert, but... Um, but that's that's going to be there for you. Um, and I suppose that uh, what's the point? The point is that we're really interested in uh, loving what you do. And they not only do that, but there's um, some great tips about work ethic and how to win jobs. And um, They work yeah. hard, those guys. Yeah. They work really hard. Yeah, a lot of drinking in between. Mm, not so much now, isn't Paul on a 12... 12 months, no drink. Yeah, that'll only last 12 months. <laughs> oh, no, that's what he wants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah no, he's on a 12 yeah. months, no drinking thing. Um, but, yeah, I mean, touring was hard. And um, and also for, for Wargie, I mean, you know, as a dad, that must be difficult, being away from family and yeah. all of that kind of shiz. Um, so they're talking. They're also discussing lots of um, tips and tricks because Wargie's helping us with this podcast, just understanding it because he's been doing it for a while. He's been doing it with Scroobius Pip. Yeah. Um, who's got his own channel and uh, numerous podcasts. Yeah. Do you want my Scroobius Pip story? No. Yeah. No, it's fine. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I met him before I met Paul, Glover oh. Drummer. Yeah, so in the, the live music venue, award-winning live music venue that I used to own, plug and play, mm. um, Scroobius Pip and Dan Lassac came and performed. And then I loved them so much I booked them for I think it was like two weeks later mm. for a James Holden night that we put on a dance night. James Holden absolutely loved them. And that was before they got signed. Mm. So they just kind of went off and, you know, went massive. I don't know if you remember their first single. It's sort of like, I can't remember the name of it, but it was, um, it's the one that goes like... Are you really going to do this? The Smiths, <laughs> not a band. Radiohead, oh, not yeah, a band. Do, yeah, remember yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. But the Caligaras weren't mentioned, so we are no, a band. We are a band. And um, there he hosts, doesn't he host um, a lot of other artists now? So he's got, yeah, he's got his own, own ScroobiusPip.com. Own label. And I believe that Warren is in an act called War and Peace with um, Buddy Pace that Paul's been talking about. Yeah. And they're, they're signed to Scroobius' label. Yeah. Um, who I believe personally is not only running the podcast, but is a bit of a film buff and uh, acting 
on stuff. I saw him on something with Tom Hardy. Oh, what was that? Oh, that's piqued my interest. Yeah, filmed down the road on Taboo. the River Thames. Taboo. Taboo. Yeah, that was really was good. It? No, was he in that? I don't know. It, oh, I we don't care, do we? We're we'll not, find, this, this we do care. Our this isn't even okay. our podcast. All right, well, let's we let them care, get but, on with it. Yeah. But maybe you should do a bit of admin. Oh, okay. Well, so. Admine, admin. Oh yeah. Okay, so don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Um, it's available on all podcast platforms: mm -hmm. Apple, Spotify, Google Play, Pocket Cast, blah 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 blah. blah, blah, blah. blah. Follow hashtag Thames Times. Oh, one word on Facebook and Instagram, and subscribe to our YouTube channel for the web series. Um, just one thing though. Mm. Did you know mm. the Paul Glover drummer mm. can train? <clears throat> A huge, an enormous number of people to be a samba band all in one go. Um, for uh, I did know that, but for his his business called yeah. Go Dynamite. So um, yeah, I yeah, amazing. But how how many people? Loads. Well, five hundred. Yep, he could do that. No way. Yeah, in twenty minutes. In twenty minutes. Okay, so yeah. what's that like a team building thing? It's or? like a yeah, inspirational team building thing. You could do it for um, a charity thing. You could do it if you were having a party. Transformative. Transform. You could transform your business. You could do it as an energizer at the start of a conference. All sorts of uses for it. Um, actually, going to do it for a charity march for a campaign or something. Oh, save yeah. Reading Jail. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so he is a very talented young man, and yeah. that is his his business as well as Don't being tell a drum him, teacher. No, no one needs to tell him. <laughs> nice one. All right. Well, let's let's let Porgy Wall take it away. Warren Borg, Wargy. Mr. Paul Glover, how's it going? You're right. Good. Here we are. <laughs> so we're having a bit of a catch up, and um, it's uh, essentially been over a year since we've really spoken. Yeah, probably. I know it's mental. Um, so we've sort of had a catch up off off mic. Yeah, but, but we're gonna gonna kind of have a bit of a reminisce. Yeah, I'm gonna pick your brains. Amazing. As long as it's only my brains, eh? Really? So, <laughs> uh, so we. Um, we met 10 years ago through Scroobius Pip. We did, yes. Um, we worked together. Do you remember, because I, I wonder how, because obviously you auditioned several drummers. Yeah. And obviously so my experience was I walked into a room and, and you know, did the audition. Do you, how, how well do you remember me, like your first encounter of me? Um, I remember you come in with loads of kit and stuff and being all like ready, overly ready, I think, for what we was expecting because before it, a mate, a mate of mine, a mate of mine had a uh, a t Sainsbury's bag with a can of coke in it and some sticks. Yeah, he, I saw him walking before me, and I thought, <laughs> yeah. well, you know, maybe I've got this. That was Lee, yeah. um, who I now make music with. But um, yeah, he was all right, but he was sort of he had the tracks in his ears and was just smashing along to him. And uh, did he learn them? Sort of. He was he was more like a rough and ready drummer, like a sort of punk drummer, really. If I'm honest, whereas like you were just full on professional immediately as you walked in, so you'd learnt the tunes, you had a click, like you was you was ready, you knew the BPMs of them, and it was like, yeah, man, that's our drummer, then, isn't it? Done. <laughs> Not that you knew that at the time, but literally after the first tune, we were both like, yeah, that's gonna work, that's cool. <laughs> See, I I remember I turned up deliberately early, and mm. I think Lee turned up late, yes. and then I remember Pip coming out of the room 
to basically apologise to me that they were going to audition him and I was going to go to the cafe and wait. Was it Premises? The Premises on Hackney Road. Yeah, which has got a cafe out the front. Yep. And I'd been there quite a lot with Pure Reason. So, um, and that became our rehearsal space, I think, didn't yeah, it? Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I remember like Pip coming out and introducing himself and shaking my hand. And that's the first time that I knew he had a stutter. And I remember oh, yeah, right. being, and I didn't know that. So, uh, yeah, it was kind of interesting for me, like first meeting. Um, and then I remember going in the room and I remember. James Affley, our good friend, was there. Yes, he, which he he uh, I'd worked with him previously. Very talented sound engineer, and he um, had sort of put me forward for the audition. So I knew obviously who he was. Yeah, obviously I knew who Pitt was, mm. and I had no idea who you are. And I remember thinking, "Who's this geezer?" Yeah, sat on the sofa. This is it. Looking all hard. Looking all moody. Uh, <laughs> and Pip like. And no one really, you introduced yourself, but no one really explained who you were. Yeah. So obviously I was just like, yeah, who's this guy? Um, and I remember playing the tracks. I remember you sitting down, like with your hands, like laced, fingers laced together, staring at the floor. Yeah. Pip, like, uh, he was essentially pacing backwards and forwards. Yeah. Looking down <laughs> with, I think, holding his cap in his hand. Yeah. Like... That's like, like, obviously <laughs> listening quite intently. Yeah, that's and funny. James just being all casual and just sitting there, like as James does. Yeah. Um, and I think I remember asking a question like, "Oh, the track does this at one point. Like, mm. what are you expecting to happen?" And you all just sort of shrugging and going, "Oh, really? Like, yeah, um, don't know, man." You yeah, said yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that was that was my first. That's experience. quite funny to hear that actually, because. You forget, I think that, well, not you forget that you didn't, you may not have known that. Obviously, we'd made that record, Distraction Pieces, together with Yedda as well. But the inception of it all, and was a lot of me just sat at home directing from my laptop. Like I was learning to become a producer, I think, whilst making that record and learning about recording a lot more than just being in a band. Prior to that point, I'd known Pip since about 2005 maybe right and this is 2011 yeah so like I, we i met him at one of my early gigs in a band called i shouted gun he loved us i loved him because he was great I and mean, we was he gave us no commercial breaks he gave that to me to listen to and i was like that all tunes good man we should do that at some point which we later played live right right okay yeah. um but um the i know knew him from that so my band i shouted gun toured with dan lasak versus groovy's pip um i met uh james now and again because he stepped in to do a few pip shows like in the later step depths of their career right. Right? it was their sound engineer so right. eventually uh, amongst others but and i knew i met james a bit and then so in that audition what you were was trying to and lear learning these songs that we finally polished and finished and me as a producer making a lot of other beats that were sent to us as well making them uniform alongside Yilla making the drums sound a certain way everything else all the programming lots of like the loops and stuff I'd used and that and found like it we was also still listening to like finished versions and quite excited by it. So we're sat in that room hearing it really, really loud for the first time in a, like a couple of weeks or whatever. Right. Done as well. And then we're trying to figure out how you're going to replicate it. And you just, you did a sterling job anyway, but like I can imagine from your perspective watching us think, Ooh, like looking all moody. And the fact that no one actually introduced who the fuck I was. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is even funnier. So it turns out, yeah, I was the co-producer, writer of quite a few of the tunes on the album and played live and was yeah, going to be... Yeah, your, quite an important guy. Was going to be your tour buddy for the entire time of that album, basically, and past, as, yeah. as we know. But yeah, interesting, isn't it? Very interesting. <laughs> so that was... Wicked. So then we went up, we did the press show in July at um, Hoxton Bar and Kitchen. We did. Do you remember who supported us? 
No, Kate, Kate Tempested with her her band. Oh, yeah, what was, I uh, what they Sound called. of Rum. Yeah, yeah. That's Sound it. of Rum supported us. So now she's right. huge. Yeah, she's like killing it. Isn't she? I remember her being super nice. We went on to play over a hundred shows, I think, and like throughout um, touring with Pip, doing loads of festivals in between. Um, yeah, and like we became a really really tight band, hundred percent. Like it was great. I can remember a show that really stuck out for me when I realised the point at which of how tight we got and sort of how much freedom we had was when we just before we went on stage at Reading when we played the alt stage. Yes. And Pip sort of came up to me just before we went on and he was like, Glover, I kind of prefer it when you just like, you know, all over the kit, just go for it. And yeah. then me and you walked out on stage and just kind of did this huge intro yeah. that we'd sort of not really done properly before. And yeah. that show was like yeah, yeah, yeah. off the chart. Yeah, yeah that, that really wicked. stands out, I think, is my prob- probably my favourite show, of, of, of which there were many. Did you know, interestingly, when we come off stage, members of Odd Future, Wolfgang Kill Them All, which is Tyler the Creator and that, were literally outside the tent, mm. which I like. I didn't realise that until because they put, were playing the main stage just as we finished. So they were walking on the way there, but they were stood outside at the back. Really? I hope they were listening, because it was a fucking good show, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that show was amazing. You can find that on um, YouTube somewhere. Yeah, in fact, the, uh, from my iPhone, there's a side of the stage from that my uh, my mate, uh, John Cornwall, who was taking for me that day, he yep. just took my iPhone and he filmed like a big chunk of it from, from my phone, and I just chucked it up on YouTube, and that seems to be doing the rounds. Paul Glover cam. Yeah. Um, okay, so that, so that's kind of the Scroobies Pip tours, and then we went on to do. So then you you formed a uh, a duo with Buddy Peace, yes, who I met as a result of. So B Dolan supported us on our tours, yeah, both then, of them, right, on on UK and Europe. Did he? he yeah, yeah, he did, he right. Did, and yeah. then one time he a few times he'd bring out Buddy. As a DJ, like, or and then DJ, buddy DJ with us when we did a cover of "Get Off" at Coco, if you remember. Yes. So we played Coco, we headlined Coco, and it, buddy came out for that. And then at the end of that show, we've been always like, sort of, when I've seen him, like, yeah, man, it'd be good to do something. We were like, let's do something together. Let's like get together and make a record, or like, or just make some tunes. Or I was, I started to make some songs. So again, after like. Like you know, learning learning the bits and bobs around Logic and Ableton and everything else, and you know, thanks to like James for showing me how to use sound cards properly, and you know, like us like kind of getting stuff done and just using kit. It, you know, it. I came back with like a. I was able to then um, able to produce stuff, I guess, and more confidently. So I made. I started making beats and I was sending them to Buddy, who was remixing them, which is then how it was like. Well, why don't we do this together? And then he come up with the name War and Peace, being Genius. Buddy Peace, and. Yeah, it turns out he Warren Peace was actually David Bowie's guitarist, I think, at one point. Oh, really? Apparently. Right. But whatever, he weren't in our band, so I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> but um, we made, like, uh, about 20 tunes, all of which were, like, either, like, really, really noisy guitar tunes or really hip-hop-laden tunes. And uh, we kind of found a happy medium between... I was starting to mess with garage and house music and quite heavy bass music and Buddy... Obviously, it was great at sampling and really, really good at creating instruments like the VST sounds, basically, by sampling other stuff. So that, in my in my house, at the back room uh, in South Woodford, we basically made that at the War and Peace studio and we made a record, sent it to Pip, and he gave the nod to put it out, I think, that day, actually. He put it out on Speech after. Development Records, which is his label. Yes. So he put out, um, essentially, um, 
Distraction Pieces, which was the album. He'd done two albums with Danasak. Yeah. And then they both took a break to do a solo record. And mm. so uh, Distraction Pieces was his solo record. And he started Speech Development Records then, right? Yeah. To then put out his own record. So That's then right. you yeah, then well, created War and Peace and then put out your... officially started it when the No Commercial Breaks was made. Right. Okay. as an actual label functioning with, you know, stuff to do and that. It yeah. was then... With yeah. actual barcodes and stuff. Yeah, right. yeah, exactly. Yeah. With an actual okay. barcode, yeah, that's it. Okay. Um, so then he released that, and we. So then you made some great videos. Yeah, we did actually. Pip, Pip helped with like he and he's, he, the guys that sort of made all the videos on distraction pieces on like from that. Um, I remember being shocked when you released that first video because I didn't know anything about it, and yeah. you just released it, and I watched it. Oh, what? What, of um, what, what the one in our room when we were just playing? Or? It's the one. No, when Natasha walks underneath the underpass. Oh, what's, that? what's the name of that? Indoor show? voice. Indoor voice. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man, that's bleak. My, my mum f- cried at that. I was shocked because yeah. Natasha was a singer who came out on tour with us yes. uh, a lot for the um, all the all the distraction pieces shows yeah, and guested on stage. She's amazing. Her voice has yeah. always been phenomenal. And right? her her and Pip presence did, is amazing. So her and Pip used to, we that was me and you uh, time to go and have a break in the middle of the set and uh, those two would go on and do a duet of Kate Bush tune. Feel it. Yeah, yeah. I ended up like playing guitar parts eventually for it. Oh uh, yeah. Was doing, you was doing like little hits and stuff. I forgot fir- about yeah, that. Was, yeah. Well, on the later tours. Wow. Yeah, I think okay. the first one it was just it was we, it was just a track, right? But then we started playing it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we played everything so, like Astronaut as well. Remember that's like yeah. another, another Yiller production. So like oh, we, uh, the Astronaut story is an interesting story. We should we should talk about because often we I talk about um, that. Well, let's come yeah, on to that. Finish in a this video. Yeah. So, yeah. so the video you put it out, and essentially the premise of the video plot spoiler. If anybody wants to go and watch it, yeah, not, do go and do it. Pause this and go and watch <laughs> yeah. it now. Yeah. But essentially. Um, Indoor voice by War and Peace. <laughs> Natasha walks down the underpass, and then uh, you're essentially going to following her to do something. Horrible, yeah, I think. Yeah. Okay. If I, I okay, I guess I assumed that when I yeah, watched it because exactly. that's what it's suggesting. So then she murders you with a big knife. She does proper stab me up. Yeah, and there's like blood everywhere. It was harsh. And then Buddy like appears from nowhere as like a yeah. as just an, an innocent aid. bystander who basically leads her away. Yeah, and and that's kind of it. But it's Clicky a really the knife. Yeah, it's really powerful. Man. It's harsh. People were like, "Why didn't you warn us that it was going to be so graphic?" I mean, at the very start of the video, it says warning. It contains. Yeah, and, it, and it's it's harsh. My mum cried when she watched. Well, the I night. think you know, for you just, pop a die like yeah for any. <laughs> For anyone normal, it's quite shocking. But any, for anyone, from my point of view, it's like my yeah, friend was... Natasha has just murdered my friend Warren and it looks really real. real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the award for best music video goes to Ginger and Pickles Dot Productions. And the award for the best event highlight video with full branding and jizzy banners goes to... Ginger and Pickles Dot Productions. Uh, it's this time of the evening again when the award for web series and accompanying podcast, which goes to Ginger and Pickles Dot Productions for Thames Times. Yeah, yeah, you get the picture. Just don't get them to do any adverts for your podcast. So then you did um, uh, Hungry, is it? Yeah, so the second video was Hungry, which was... Um, was made in the book club home until recently to their club night yeah um, because that's now ended but we had the whole of the book club downstairs and invited a load of people we know 
and cool cats that follow uh, Speech Development Records. So, so lots of fans, essentially, which was quite nice, and people that actually recognise what you're doing, and obviously all of us lot. Yeah, so, so I was, was there. I came along as well. You was there. It was good fun. So we all had to like, you know, act, we had a sort of a part to play, and yeah. you did it as a one shot. Yeah, I had to walk around with a camera on my back and uh, navigate around that with Tom Coles, who was a man in the man in the uh, the cameras and stuff behind me at places so I didn't smash it. And well, it was just yeah, navigating around there was pretty difficult, but it looks amazing as a so, result. But. So the premise is basically you're being a bad boy. Well, being I'm, a bit of a I've dick gone to, to a club. I get progressively drunk with less money. Like my money's, I've got a meter of my health and my money in the top left. It's like a um, it's like a point of view gamer sort of vibe, and I think um, like all of the animations and stuff on it are like so they they they're real time based on what I do to myself. So drink loads of shots, and the health goes down, money goes down, heart rate sort of uh, goes up and down a bit. Um, actually, purchase uh, drugs from my mum and dad during so the video. So they're so they're just they're being they're acting in the video. Let's just be clear. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, And you bought so it was baby baby powder. Or oh, something, it was milk it? milk powder. It was right. so horrible. And and the prim- so they, they they sell me this and then I get follow I follow I walk past actually I see Buddy at the bar tap him on the back or something and then crack on and go in because Buddy Buddy and Pip are DJing in the club as well right right yeah playing my tune or our tune <laughs> or whatever yeah. and but I'm I'm a bystander I'm like a whatever um, yeah so I have a, a wander through going to the toilet whilst in there and proceed to have a a line of this powder. Uh, and then it's all sort of like looking out, looking out, see if anyone's coming, do that. My heart rate goes up and whatever else. What's funny about doing that one take, and I think we did it, what, five times, is that I don't know if you know about milk powder, but um, it, it's meant to be like whisked into like a liquid, right? So it, so what happened is when it hits liquid, it starts to solidify. Oh. So I could pull it, pull it out like, oh. a, like a long cigarette of like milk oh, powder. I didn't know it was that. so gross. Or, it, or you had to swallow it down because oh. like, it was so disgusting. Because it stayed there, and then by the time at the end of the take, you're like, I, you can't really get rid of it unless you flush it out, and I couldn't. Right. <laughs> so it's really horrible. So then you leave the toilets, then you go into the dance floor, and you start a fight. Yeah, I so, had a row, yeah, and then you're... Right. you're so I'm dancing in the middle of the dance floor, yeah, you see me a couple of times, and then yeah. basically I help break up the fight that you've started. You do, you stop, you uh, you help break it up and stop, stop anyone uh, continuing to beat the shit out of me. There was a big guy who's a lovely, which I've forgotten his name, who was in the video. Yeah, but he was he, a really cool make dude. up or something, that guy. Oh, I don't know. It was just right. really nice. Yeah, and I, I remember meeting him. We were cracking on, and like he sort of pushes me, I push him. It's like whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, Daryl and um, Daryl and a couple of other guys are in there as well. Natasha's other half, Daryl. Yeah, and H, who's an artist down in Leon C, where I now reside. Right, I remember that being a really interesting day. And, it was um, good though. Great, like great couple of videos, and then the um, your third video. Yeah, that was um, frankly Stephen, which. I got loads of shit about this, which is interesting. Right, and this is because, right, I'm a, just to clarify, and this is to clear this up. That song is about the caricature of Morrissey, but therefore it's a caricature of artists and people with ego and everything else. I'm a massive Morrissey fan. I'm a massive Smiths fan. Huge fan of Johnny Marr's guitaring. Like you know, like it, it structurally, I, I think Morrissey is amazing. But I chose him because of a story we heard on tour once, which I... I didn't do you remember, know that's do you remember, why. Yeah, basically, yeah, yeah. So this is one of my favourite tour stories that I tell it's people. It's fantastic. Should you, we tell it? Yeah, So I tell it, what are you going to tell You it? do it, go on, I'll chip in, do it. We'd, we'd finished an island, a tour of Ireland in Galway. We always finished it um, 
in Galway and often we'd, uh, the Roisin Dub, yeah, one of our sort of favourite venues to go and play and they had a little um, apartment that was like um, next to the venue. So often we'd end a tour there and have a yeah. little party in the in the apartment to sort of celebrate our it was achievements. It was but great. this particular one, we had to pack the van, get straight back in the van, drive up to Dublin, get an <coughs> overnight ferry to then drive across to London and then we played at um, Barfly. The Barfly for XFM yeah. for and John it going, Kennedy. It was, it was being live. recorded at, yeah. to then go out live the next night. I That's think. right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, but as we rolled onto the um, next to where the ferry uh, to, to board the ferry, we there's a tour bus next to us, and it turned out to be Chasing Status's crew and some of their band. Yeah, and one of my heroes, Andy Gangadine, was uh, the drummer at the time. Also, drummer for Spice Girls, right? Wasn't he? Yeah, oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. huge session <laughs> loads player, loads big Bob Armstrong student. Yeah, like he's you know, yeah, uh, dude's amazing. And so he, like, and I think James, who was touring with us at time James Appley he knew their tour manager so basically there was a um, the ferry was empty apart from some truckers they had a bar open and the bar was basically us and Chasing Status's crew and some of the band and we were supposed to be like finding a corner to sleep in we didn't have bunks Oh, or yeah, like rooms true. or anything. We didn't have a room in that one, did we? No. no. So, <laughs> yeah. like, because we didn't really have the budget, so it was like, you know, yeah, sleep under a table one. or something. Try and get some shut eye because this was the end of the first tour. It was the end, the end of the, the first, first tour. One. Yeah, it was. So, because that's when we did the, the John Kennedy show. Yeah, yeah, but we were like, we can't pass up this opportunity to like to hang with these sort of people that we uh, that we admire. So, especially me, like Andy Gangadine, like uh, we basically just, you know had a drinking session with Andy Gangadine and a couple of other people. So Andy Gangadine's sort of tour friend at the time, I can't remember his name, but he was doing their merch and he told us this amazing story where <laughs> he uh, he got asked to um, to go on tour with Morrissey. And from what I can remember, he'd like gone to the London office, been told to sign some paperwork and then had flown up to somewhere like Glasgow to then join the tour. Yep. And then in at, at the first venue, he got called into the production office at the venue and they said, oh, we forgot to sign you to yep. sign this other thing, which was like Morrissey's rules. Yes. And it was like, you must not talk to Morrissey. You must not look him in the eye. Yep. Um, but the most important thing <laughs> like that was like sort of got this guy's back up was that you mustn't eat meat on the tour, but not only must you not eat meat on the tour, but even on a day off, if you're like on the other side of town, if you yeah. get caught, you're going to be kicked off and sent home. Yeah. And he was like, well, I don't agree to this. This is an infringement yeah. on my rights. So I don't agree to sign this. And they were like, well, we'll send you home. And he was like, fine. Yeah. You know, but they he agreed that he would do run the merch that night. So he ran the merch that night. He walked outside the venue and he went to a KFC next door. I thought it was Donald's. Was it McDonald's? I think Whatever. it was Nuggets, man. Well, I mean, okay. So it, it involves <laughs> yeah. some chicken nuggets. Chicken nuggets, it was. All right. Yeah, yeah. So he was stood outside the venue eating a bag of chicken nuggets and Morrissey came out yeah. and was like, are you the guy that won't listen to yeah. my rules? Yeah, that was it. And this guy was like, yeah. And they basically had a shouting match. And as Morrissey walked away, he started pelting Morrissey chicken with chicken nuggets. nuggets and connected quite a few, it sounds like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I think the moral more, more of it is, though, he did actually do it in front of a load of other people. Oh, right. He was just being really shitty towards the guy as well. It's like, it was just unreal. So how did that influence you writing the tune? Ah, oh, right, yeah, so um, it, it just stuck in my head as like, again, you're, I love him, I think his music's amazing, but as a person, he's done a lot of shitty things, but he's not the only artist to ever do that, right? Yeah. We're not, people aren't superhuman, and that's the thing, so like, the Morrissey fans that then caught wind of it, because it was posted on one of their sites saying, I think it was like, look at this fat cockney, I think someone said, <laughs> which is, this fat cockney, who does he think he is? It's like... 
Well, and I said something else, and it's like, for a start, I am a cockney, that's right. I ain't that fat either, so fuck off. And and, and, and secondly, it's like, you know, like the racism and all that sort of shit. That's what I was getting at in that song. Right. So the first half of it is me going on, do you know what? It's not all right for you to tell people what to do in any way. I don't care how much of a nationalist, etc., you may be or whatever else. It's not okay. And people can have a subversive view and they're not agree with your opinion and it'd be fine so that that was what i was getting at just because you're a star don't mean shit mate right um which pip totally got as well the whole purpose of it and it's like well that's that's why well, you know, always get really put yeah. it out right yeah. but then the, the, exactly so then the thing of that tune gonna start with pip emceeing about the tooth fairy <laughs> oh yeah yeah <laughs> which yeah, is like poem. which is rap, rapping totally about something totally different and the tune tracks up so it's like it goes from this sort of garage jam that we had with guitars and I sampled all these like old garage drums and that and then Buddy put his little touch on it too and it sounded quite cool and then it went to this like bass heavy horrible screaming match at the end of it um, which is like it, I don't know but the video is just us in Pip's flat his old flat yeah. basically <laughs> with Natasha freeze, fro- freeze framed with a glass of red wine he finishes MC and it goes all over because of because of the All point that he that. makes, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So wh- those two bits of the like of the song, yeah. like they don't do they match up at all? Are they influenced by each other? Why did you I stick them together? No idea. The tune the tune became that because it was like I really want a tune where you can like hear turning over a tape. And my whole point with Warren Pieces is let's just try and smash shit together that don't belong. Right. And it was that like that record is such a like there's so many different styles all over it. And it's like that doesn't necessarily make it good, but it was it was certainly for lack of like from not from like any lack of trying. Do you know what I mean? It's like I think we had some really good ideas on there, and like a lot of most of the songs are quite straightforward. But even like the little weird instrumentals were like stuff we like recorded on phones and then put into amps, and not that you'd know, but like I, we know what we did to get there, and it was like just really interesting for us, I think, and a bit of an experiment. My first experience of Buddy yep. was we did a show in Kingston. Yeah, do you remember that? Yeah. And it was at Christmas and he was like Oh god, yeah. I think he was our support. <laughs> I remember that show. <laughs> and he he was M, like he's an NPC drummer, like an amazing NPC drummer. Yeah. He's also from Kingston. He used to work at Banquet Banquet, Banquet which is yeah. later where we did our in-store for Banquet Records. And we did yeah. an in-store in Banquet too. That's on my day. birthday. I guess in a nutshell to sort of sum up what Buddy does. Yeah. You can tell me if I've sort of remembered this incorrectly. But yep. Buddy uh, worked with uh uh, B. Dolan and Sage Francis putting together backing tracks for them, and yeah, he was a beat beat maker. He was a beat maker, but an MPC, performer. but also an MPC drummer, like great DJ, um, but yeah, scratch DJ as well. Like he could, he can do like really clever shit. Yeah, using everything together. Like but he's so very interactive with it all was wicked. When B did uh, film the police, he asked yeah. Buddy to put a, a beat together for him for uh, for film the police. Yeah. So Buddy researched how NWA had made it and then yeah. found the original samples. I think on vinyl. He found most of the original samples from Fuck the Police. Yeah. yeah. And just created and, and an amazing it, backing track. Basically. And that's that's yeah. that. I think that in a nutshell sums up like yeah, the quality man, of a human sick. that he is. Yeah. yeah. He's fucking unreal. So working with him was like. It's, it was an eye opener for like the, the, his library of sounds. Like he said, like we need a good fat kick that sounds like it will cut through anything. And I'd be like, I want it to sound like this, but and he's like, oh, what about this? And like it, it's just really good. And like it, that crackle, that thing, like but like all over Dolan and B's beat um, and Sage's beats. Like you can hear, you can hear that the inspiration that he has clearly taken from the other producers that they work with. But then the, the flip side of it, when you hear a buddy beat, you hear a buddy beat. Like it's, like, it's yeah. you know. And yeah. he's, a, he's a, an amazing beat maker. And like, that was the thing that we, I was, I'm really good at, I'm really good at, but my, the thing that sort of get me, gets me through is song structure. I like songs. Like I can write songs and 
working with Buddy was like, when you've got a shitload of cool sounds and you can write a tune, it's like, it just makes life quite easy because it's like, you can just throw everything at it then. Our problem was we probably had too much thrown at it. We needed right. to strip back a yeah. little bit. So live, it was like, uh, which brings us kind of onto like our touring, I guess. D- Neil, any chance I'd get eyes on the EDPU59? I'm waiting on Brenda's 1295G line items. But Brenda, uh, Neil's waiting for the 1295Gs for the EDPU59? No, 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 not pass. Callum IT's got to fix the glitch in the macro. Oh, shit. Need some quality team building intervention time? You need... Music and circus team building and educational activities for teams of 5 to 100. Turn your team around in an hour. Visit uk. Yeah, um, okay, so what So what happened after this? So we've done the pip tours and you We made War and Peace. Piece. We yeah. did that. So then uh, at that point, I think Pip starts putting out other artists on um, speech development records. Yeah, and one so of he's, them being B, right? Yeah, so B Dolan, who um, is a rapper from uh, Providence. Broad uh, Island. Yeah. And so he he came over, he would be our like uh, like support act on the um, Distraction Pieces tours, and then but he would join us on stage and we'd do his uh, one of his tracks. He, uh, he'd do a track that he guested on, on, on Pip's album. Mm. Um, and then, so then when uh, he, Pip then put out, uh, B's House of Bees 3, right? Yeah. So. And so then Pip put together the just, um, Speech Development Records tour. The lineup would change sort of throughout the tour. Yep. Um, or like the sort of the opening acts would change. Yeah. So often so. it would be like the core of it was Pip doing a spoken word show. Yeah. Then Warren Peace, just you and uh, you and Buddy doing a set. But uh-huh. then uh, Pip would get up on stage and sort of do his track and do some pressing some buttons and Natasha yeah, would right. get up on stage and do some bits and pieces yep. and then essentially um, be a tiny break and then me and B would come on, uh, on stage with you and Buddy and then the four of us were B's show and then yes. uh, Pip would join us on stage yes. halfway through the show that's what would join us yeah that's right that was essentially the core of it but then we had other people like Jister yeah right like he, he that did, was in Liverpool or something, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, yeah, that crazy. Uh, was it a burlesque club? It's on. That's the recording of like so. Uh, B, I think the following year put out a like a live album, album that was recordings 2013 to 2015, and we're on some of the tracks. Yeah, and um, yeah. I'm just I've actually we a, show up. I mean, that, that that venue was crazy, man. Actually, interesting fact about that show <laughs> with War and Peace is it was the only show we successfully did our Dizzy Rascal cover at. Why did it it fail? (laughs) Because I forgot the words a lot of the time. (laughs) I mean, I Love I Love You, right, by Dizzy. It's one of my favourite songs ever. And we reproduced the whole thing as well, like from scratch, me and Buddy, except we would like put guitars in there and whatever else for live. And then we was going to release it, but like we're just mad lazy. But um, the, uh, the live show... It sounded so bass heavy and like really growly and it was lovely that tune. And it's like it's the only one we actually nailed. <laughs> we actually nailed it. I forgot the words to most of it most of the time. Oh um, Warren. I'm not an MC, do you know what I mean? Yeah. But like I, I nailed it that time and it was really good. Do you remember the London show was the nest? Yeah, we had to play on the floor. Right. Buddy and I played two nights in a row we did that gig. Yeah. And Buddy and I played I was in a concrete box. You was in a concrete box at the back of the side stage, wasn't it? No, it was at the back. Was it not was it, 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 it was weren't you back. side on? No, I was back I was back behind you, but oh, in this mate. little tiny concrete box that sounded horrible. Yeah. Um, birthdays. 
No, the nest. Sorry, it was, the nest is opposite birthdays. It is. Um, well, that was so horrible. Casimir, that was the Liverpool venue. Oh, was it? Yeah, ah, the right, Casimir. Okay. okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, right. Okay. I thought it was Mask. Okay, I'm getting confused. That, uh, that's um, shut down now, the Casimir. Yes, it is. Right. It yeah. is. It is. Um, so then we went to Ireland. Yeah, Ireland was fun. Um, so we did this this same block of um, block of gigs like Cork, Limerick, um, Dublin, and Galway. Uh, but this year, <laughs> this year it all went, um, I don't know, man, it went a little bit turbo. I think there was, in Dublin especially, I had a lot of friends from uh, London that have got Irish family and people I hadn't seen in Dublin for a long time. And we played the Bono-owned Workman's Club. Is he that owns a hotel. Bono? Yeah, he owns a hotel two doors down that Buddy stayed in um, with Heather. Right. Because he was got, got you know, his, his girl came over to uh, watch the show and stuff. Yeah. And a few of my pals did. But, I mean, on this tour, again, as you said, with a lineup. Two shows a night. You get a bit excited during one gig, as I did, and I, you know, liked to liked a bit of a tipple on stage. I think that night I'm, I drank a bottle of Irish whiskey. Wow! In fact, I know I did, and I know I did because it was Tullamore Irish whiskey, which isn't the the, the tastiest of them, should we say? And we once played a festival at Tullamore Castle. Yes. And that's when um, Pip was dating Kat Von D. Yes. She was on tour and she saw us yeah. in there. Uh, I was really and sick. You was really sick. I was sick. hallucinating. Yeah, you, you were ill, like, bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we, we, we played before... Um, we played before... Uh, who's the guys that did Logical Progression? The drum and bass um, guys... Oh, MC so Creed and LTJ Bookham. No, oh, no way. Yeah. Of course it was. They yeah, was on yeah, after. Yeah, yeah. And, and the, the, they stayed in our hotel also. And the embarrassing thing is, I've owned Logical Progression Records for years. I just never knew what it looked like. And I was like, all right, mate, what are you playing? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what a dick. Like, I'm, he's, I'm actually like, he's actually one of my heroes in that sound, that like really percussive drum and bass sound. It's like, ah, oh, mate. So there was that. So anyway, back to the, the Dublin story. So a ton of more whiskey. I drank a bottle that night on that thing. I mean, I sound like an alcoholic, right? It's just, I, I, you can drink on stage and it not touch you because of the amount of adrenaline and everything else. You do two shows as well. Like I was flying and like, you don't even have to drink particularly, but you do. And as like, I was down in like water. When I come off stage at the Workman's after the B. Dolan show, so the second show of the night for me, and everyone went back, right, to the hotel. But me and you were like, it was fun in there. The workmen's had, like, upstairs and it had, like, it had two stories of, like, just party and we were, like, just hanging out and just being twats, really. And I mean, me and you were the ones that sort of, like, caused the most trouble on tour. And I guess because we were... It was the, always Paul and Warren and it was like, but, we were, yeah. But I guess we were, we're not the faces fun. of the project. I mean, no, so we were no. probably the most irresponsible. We honest. were. I mean, to be fair, I'm a father. I was a father on every tour still I've am. done. You still are and a father. I, and I still am. Yeah, sorry, but I was a father on every... every Every single tour I've ever done, other than the first time with I Shouted Gun. So and I should you, be more bloody responsible. But then I guess for you, it's like and you're letting your hair down. Yeah, because but then at the you're same getting away time, from the kids. Like, you know. Yeah, the problem is. I know, we're making is, stories before you even. There's is the excuse of what happens. So then I get there and uh, we play the show, blah, blah, blah. Side of the stage at the Workman's. If any musicians listen to this and you've played the Workman's Club, there's a very uneven staircase down the side of it. I, before we left, I think we had like a couple of bits in what was a, an apparently a dressing room, but get down there and there's just like people everywhere. And I just stacked bollocks straight down it and snapped my ankle and like fractured both sides, proper deep, really drunk, couldn't stand up on it. And I tried to stand up on it and was like, oh no, this is bad. 
I'd really, really tight jeans on as well, and it was even worse. And it went a bit. Oh, it was horrible. But we were both steamed. Right. I don't think we either knew, knew what was going on. Yeah, like, you were in a lot of pain. A, probably just a sprain that's really bad, right? That was I, the assumption. Yeah, yeah, and I essentially carried you back to the hotel, carried you into a taxi. We yeah. like put you in bed. I passed out. Went, uh, ugh. went to sleep, and it was only in the morning when you woke up and then tried to like walk and you had I tried to, to walk to out, of the, yeah. out of the toilet. Sorry, uh, to the toilet from my bed, and I couldn't move. And I and I had to pull myself along the floor, crying, uh, and then got into the thing and saw the state of my ankle. And in tour spirit, right, everyone was massively pissed off in the morning. <laughs> like they were not happy bunnies with me and you, I think. Both of us were like, you should have come home. We've still got two more dates to do and you've gone and done this. And it was like, right, okay. Two things happened. We drove to Limerick. We, I didn't go to A&E in Dublin because to make... So we get to Limerick and we're like mad early. So we could have actually gone to the hospital. But we get to we get to Limerick, um, Stab City. Yeah. So Do you know where we... Do you remember where we dropped everyone else off? Uh, the cinema. Yeah, no, we dropped... No. We, we, we dropped Pip and Natasha to a cinema. We dropped B to a tattooist's. Oh, yeah. For him to get a tattoo. Yeah, he got a tattoo there all day. He like barely made it back to the show. Yeah, right? and, yeah. Then, and then I took you to A&E. You took me to A&E. And because of... And the reason I say Stab City, it's not anything bad. I get, I, it's just a, a, an unfortunate moniker that's been given. However, what that means is A&E was really quick. <laughs> so I was in and out of there in like an hour. And I had a temporary cast and I had fractured, uh, yeah, I had an had a x-ray and fractured both sides of my uh, my ankle. So, but then to get through the next two shows... I played two shows, by you, the way, just to clarify, yeah, afterwards. So I like, I essentially had to carry your equipment in for you because everyone else was too grumpy the f- or pissed the off first, to do it. The, when we got to Limerick, right, I was like, well, I can't pick it up and I've got crutches. Like, can any... I mean, even going to the shop on the way... No one would, no one would help me out or get anything out of the shop for me, other than you, right? And it was like, <laughs> it I was mean, my own you know, fault, man. Everyone was fucked up. It was off your me. punishment and mine. Yeah. Anyway, we, we was just stupid. But also, we put you on a bar stool on the stage, and you had to sit there all night because I couldn't move. you couldn't get on and off the stage quick enough to like you just slowed the show down. Yeah. So that- so I sat there with a broken leg for essentially three hours. <laughs> <laughs> Which was interesting. But then, you know, I came back and had a really lovely Christmas because obviously I couldn't do anything either then. Can you imagine my missus? <laughs> I mean, it's in hindsight, it's a wonderful thing, but I understand that sometimes kids touring ain't cool when you behave like a dickhead. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, so, yeah. let's, I mean, to deviate slightly from... Yes. Um, from sort of the touring chat, one of the interesting things is phoning you out of the blue a couple of weeks ago, having mm. not spoken to you all last year, and not that either of us had a drinking problem before, even though it sounds like, you know, we were a bit of drinkers on tour, which we <laughs> definitely were. We were we're both now tour. not drinking at all for nah. basically the health benefits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is interesting, Yeah, yeah. It's I find. Like, on tour, I don't know if you remember, but like what I didn't know at the time, and I do know now, and it's funny, I've heard Pip talk about this a lot, is imposter syndrome. And like I had mm. massive anxiety in tour because I didn't feel like I was good enough to be there. Yes, and I would be like drinking because I was just like I'm not good enough to play this show yet. I've got to play this show, which was ridiculous. That was absolute bullshit. And I, you I, were great at it. Yeah, you were really good at your job. But, and, <laughs> and actually, if I, you know, had sort of not done that, it would have probably been a lot easier to do it. But yeah. I mean, I did a fine enough job, I think. That's kind of touring, right? That was that's that's, kind that's of, our history and. Yeah, man. Like it's, so it's been a lot. So what are you doing musically now? That you got the job over of being drummer for Pip Lee. I met when I was living in Shoreditch and was desperate to find 
a like-minded musical person. Turns out that guy was pretty much was um, was uh, Pip in a way because you know he, we've always listened to some similar sort of bands and that. Um, but in terms of like finding a writing partner, um, as I said, like with the War and Peace project, and Buddy and I, I mean, we've only got one record out, but we've pretty much made a second one. It's there, and hopefully one day we will actually get together and finish it. We've just always been on the opposite side of the world, slash, um, you know, uh, town or whatever. Like we're both by the sea, funnily enough, but he's in Margate and I'm, right. <laughs> and I'm in Leon C. So how funny is that? So like, um, but we will. I've visited him. He visited me. Do you know what I mean? We've we we one day it will see light of day. But that project is that project, and I always just wanted another guitarist, sort of writer that I could just sit down and do it with, multi instrumentalist. Yeah, I'm not a mentalist. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I've always looked because it's useful in a production writing situation. And the first thing I did was write a really, really angry punk record. <laughs> of course, <laughs> yes. Uh, of course, I did because I don't know if you say anybody's seen me play, but I play like a really angry uh, young man, and I'm a really angry old man. So, um, we released a record. We we wrote. I wrote a bunch of songs and took it to his studio that he built in his garden, which is like a soundproof box basically, and his production was sort of on the starting and I'd been now established and was like, yeah, like, I know what I'm doing now around the button. So it's like I toured enough and I understood how sound cards work and, and stuff and how to record audio. So he was really good at micing uh, mic up a drum kit. Well, so he thought at the time, we've since recorded more and it's been far better. But So we got a drum kit mic'd up and a guitar mic'd up and we tracked these 10 songs. And then we was like, let's make it a band and like do some stuff with it. So um, we got a bass player, this guy called Tio. So Lee, Lee Hughes, his name is Tio uh, and Tim and myself became a band called Bricks, um, which you can download and buy a record. There's an album. So we made an album called uh, an, Between an Apology and an Observation, um, basically about sort of, I don't know, like angry little bits and bobs I'd experienced and, and dealing with breakup and dealing with being a twat and, and like adult problems, money, things like that. It, it was all just like a blur. I was like, ugh, I just need to get all this shit out of me. And uh, it worked. And so we wrote this record together and it, we looked at each other. It's like, we've been trying to make a record for so long together and we just did. And it was really quick and really easy and sounded great to us at least. And as we went on, we were, we were, we were going to write a second record. We played about 10 shows, I think, all in total. We played like Camden Rocks, um, Camden Crawling. Uh, is it? No, Camden Crawl even. Um, yeah. and like various other bits and bobs we played like loads of shows and then we released uh, a song called Not Proud which I really like and another tune called Footprints which was massively underproduced because we released it in a rush and that was my fault <laughs> but um, it's they're, they're good songs and we were getting towards a better place we self-released the record because uh, we had a few knockbacks from labels and then we also had a few things we had to do you know like when you finished a record and it was like, I just couldn't be fucked with it couldn't be bothered I just wanted it done so we just chose not to and we didn't want to change the sound of it and we just didn't. So then randomly we just stopped doing it for a little while and just took a step back and was like, we kind of rushed the whole thing. No one really heard it. We had it, we, were, we were chatting to some really good bands to get support shows, things like that. And yeah, I don't know, we just left it and left it and we've literally just reformed, which is really funny. But, right, <laughs> but, yeah, but, yeah. but then what we went on to, what we went on to was a project. I then started writing other types of songs, like classical guitar tunes and um, a lot of instrumentals and electronic instrumentals. And like I was getting back more into making house music and using loads of cool samples. I made some garage. I made a lot of bass music. Um, 
a lot of my friends from when I met um, the mother of my children were uh, essentially the dubstep pioneers. So like Scream, Benga, Casper, um, a guy called Hatcher, uh, all of these like icons. They were like people I met from knocking about a club called Forward. And I and like I sat a lot in the Temper, Rinse FM studio, DJ Zinc, watching them make stuff. So that was all around that same time when I was starting to learn to use Logic. And I never sort of applied the skills or the logic <laughs> uh, into, into very good, very good. Go, uh, with there. Into making it. So I had some time. So I started making beats for myself under Wargy, which is my production name and my nickname at school. So there you go. Was it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wargy like, was, uh, was one of my mate Jamie's uh, nicknames for me. And um, no, no, so it was like Borgie really, but. So you're, yeah, your, surname, your, your name is Warren Borg. Warren right. Borg, exactly. So I got, uh, it morphed into Wargy eventually. And um, so yeah, like, I started doing that because that became a production name after Distraction Pieces and War and Peace, really, as well, and whatever else. And uh, then I made a record for a guy called Josh Collins, who was a guy I met in a bar in South Woodford. He worked behind the bar, and I was dating a girl that um, sort of just said to him, oh, he makes music, and blah, 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 blah. And it all sort of come out, and uh, I invited him around my house, and we recorded a five-track EP called the Porky Pies EP by Josh Collins. And I recorded it all on one microphone, multi-tracking in my room, my bedroom, which was a wooden, old, in an old Victorian house, but this big space. And like we'd record with the windows open and like get sounds of outside. And it, it just sounds really nice. And I think I properly honed in on how I could make a record. Great. So it got played a bit. It got a bit of airplay. Um, Tom Robinson played it and was like, I've just seen that uh, Wargie from uh, Wargie Productions produced this. It sounds lovely, Warren. Well done. It's like, that's the best thing I could have asked for. It's like the first thing that I sort of went out on my own completely to sort of do with no one, no one else's thing. It was mine. I mixed it. I've got a mastering engineer for audio animals that I use for everything now. And um, they like made it sound a bit fatter and that, but it's, I just learned. So when did you put out that? Uh, Josh put it out maybe 18 months ago. So right, quite okay. a while ago, right? Are you an audiophile looking to meet the very best, sexy, stealthy, and desirable microphones? Aston Microphones deliver everything you need to blow minds with your recordings of spine-tingling vocals, sensational instrument performance, and anything else you wish to record. Go to astonmics.com and don't forget to delete your browsing history. Around that time, Josh is part of like in South Woodford and Stratford and Leytonstone. There's a lot of like really cool, like creative, like people. And, and he's, I think he's, what is he, 26 or 27 or something. So they're like between their mid, mid 20s, all studied music. They're all like music tech guys, all producers. Like, and I met this girl at a there's, a, there's an open mic night and a venue that's now booking touring bands actually called Luna Lounge in Leytonstone. Right, yeah, it's a yeah, downstairs club. They have like a lot of jazz upstairs and really good, yeah, like, really yeah. good bands as well. Like, like it's that it's that really sort of well accomplished artist play there and stuff, and it's a cool little space. Um, so Josh had his look out his EP launch, Porcupines there, um, and I think on that launch, and then I went to the open mic night there a little bit to test some of my own little material bits that I was doing. But I met this girl called Chrissy, 
So, so Christiane is, um, she's like a really, she's got an amazing soulful voice. And uh, basically, we, as as ex-Bricks members, we're toying with the idea of making this electronic record for, by a band called Broken Bricks. That's what we were going to be. Right. Because it was just us two and one of them sodded off, so whatever. And I was like, we've made all these tunes together now. Like, it was an, amalgama- an amalgamation of my house beats and guitar beats and whatever to the bits he was messing about as well. It's like like instrumental indie, like along like the Holy Fuck sort of sound and bands like that. And I was like, let's get this girl because she can sing absolutely amazing. Her voice is like, she can sing anything, the girl. like Range is amazing, really personable, lovely character. And uh, Broken Bricks was born. We went to, um, so Lee went back to living up north in Blackpool, another studio room, which became our studio room. And we recorded an album. And that was 18 months ago, actually. We started, like, like making it. So it's now finished. So, like, around the time Josh's album finished, we started making Broken Bricks. That right, makes about right, right, yeah, yeah. Great. So, so Broken Bricks is now in mixing. Great. Um, we've got a couple of, like, shows booked. Um, Where are your shows? Uh, I can't actually say. Right, Because okay. they're invite-only at a Ooh. member's place, right? But, and it's going to be us launching it Soft launching it there for our own good. I can come though, right? Yeah, you can good. come. Tell me off, tell me off, of course, of course. Right. Yeah, but it's um, it's 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 because then we're gonna start distributing the record officially and start seeking some label ish. Um, because okay. I actually think it's it's the most accessible record I've ever made, a hundred percent. And her songwriting ability is really really good. Her vocals are amazing, and we've had some really good guidance along the way with this. Great, I've, I've got a great. lot. Of, yeah, so please send me it when you yeah, when ma'am. you get the masters back. I want to hear it. Of course, send it to me. So so yeah, and then yeah, so Lee and then Lee and I get together weekly wherever it is in the world, and with Ryan more or less, we talk a lot about doing lots of different production. We've launched a podcast together great. called Through the Door D A W, which is essentially. Um, about really geeky music stuff with quite established music people. We're a bit lazy on the release though. Right, so, I've heard this. Yeah, we are. Right, a you bit, need to catch up. Bit lazy on the yeah. release. This um, is this is good. This is I want to segue into podcasts because this is to get there. Yeah. Right. So what I mean, as well as doing music, you've you've got another big career. And yeah, how what is that? How did you get into it? So completely randomly, but you know, again, um, I was asked by Pip. Scroobius Pip to assist with the first like maybe 200 or something shows of Distraction Pieces podcast right which essentially started when we was like finishing touring I think or maybe mid midway actually I think we'd started making it we started to record like interviews with people and, and established contacts I guess um, I then got asked to kind of put the puzzles together and I was learning as well to be fair so like some of it sounded quite gated some of it sounds pretty shitty and it was he, his kit had got a lot better but fundamentally I, I, my editing got pretty tight I was understood I mean he doesn't edit a lot mind you but then as, as a result of that I then met other people from companies like Acast and other people like that that needed some assistance recording audio and I could record audio because I've recorded like you know lots of records and stuff and uh, then edit it and mix it down and get it sounding loud and getting it clean as you can or maybe not if you don't want it or and just having quite a good direction on it so um I then went on to record podcasts for brands because of ACAST's introduction initially. Uh, I met like ASOS and then I was working within their journalist, um, the journalist that worked there for the magazine. Um, and I just made some really good friends, right? And as a result of that, um, 
some like quite they became good friends and they like hopped around and stuff. So I'd, I'd start to just engage with artists and people, and um, yeah, so like I've made podcasts for um, yeah loads of brands and lots of artists now, like George Ezra and Friends, um, which is right. a great little podcast. Amazing, yeah. He's fantastic. He's a lovely gentleman. Um, for uh, Mew Mew, I work for currently uh, matches fashion, and they they quite heavily support. Uh, heavily support um, the Freeze Art Fair worldwide. So I've been fortunate enough to be like sent to like LA to record podcasts and interview. Like I mean, be part of interviews with like some of my heroes, like members of Sonic Youth, uh, Kim Gordon, and like wow. you know, it's like you know, and and you think that I started haphazardly sort of stitching together podcasts for Pip, and then um, I'm now actually developing ideas for people because I've edited so many and and using more soundscape. Um, ideas and, and and technical ways of recording audio. So I'm working. Uh, actually, just today I was having I was having a lunch with my two daughters right. in a uh, in a restaurant called Sketch, and we are developing a show. So by the time you hear this, it should be out. I would hope. Right. Yeah. Um, but uh, we're developing a podcast there where it's it's quite immersive. Like you feel like you're walking through, and then like my little girls. Uh, I think for the first time in their life, and it's one of my like early times at ate caviar today. Wow. And uh, my little girl said it tastes like fish and chips. <laughs> and it's like you're not far off. It's it's spot yeah, on. I mean, you know? yeah, I mean, potentially so, that, right? Yeah, fish. and it's and it's like I've had a, I've had such a like I you know I've met members of like bands I appreciate like Hot Chip and um, some like you know amazing amazing like visual artists like Away Way who's like this international Chinese. Um, Chinese artist who's addicted to social media and therefore banned from China. Like I mean, it's, and I went to China recently as well to record. Like that was a, a couple of months ago. Isn't it? Isn't Crazy. it? Isn't it incredible? Like you couldn't have envisaged that as a career choice no because podcasts didn't exist. And they didn't even exist. I mean, how long have they been around and really big? Like, yeah. I mean, it's 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 sort of blown up in the last few years. And even when we were doing the Pip tours, yep. you know, sort of off towards the end of the Pip tours is when I guess he he had a radio show right first. He did, yeah, the beatdown. Yeah, which he won awards for. Um, and then off the back of the beatdown, um, he started his his podcast. Now he's got a podcast network. And now he has, yeah. he's not really doing music at all at the moment. No. Who, who knows whether he'll go back to music. No, but he's you know, acting he's, quite a bit though. Yeah, he's yeah. A- acting like he's got the, uh, the the podcast network. So you're now a professional podcaster and yeah. sounds like you're flying all over the world, like having fantastic experiences, working for lots and lots of different people. Mad lucky. I've sp- started a podcast. Mm. Here we are. Here we are. I had no... And this has come around by accident, um, yeah. and I'm sure like we're going to probably release this episode a few episodes in, and I'm hoping that anyone who's come to the podcast will understand the kind of premise of Thames Times yeah. and my relationship with Russ and Lou, and sort of how that's come about. And it's like I didn't, I didn't, I didn't plan this, no. but it's for me, it feels like it's really hard to sustain a, um, a career in the music industry it is. constantly, and both that's both not only a financial problem, yeah, but man. also. In terms of like scratching a niche of creativity and like putting something out regularly that other people can appreciate, being creative, using your technical skills and knowledge to yeah. create something that will, you know, other people will appreciate. Yes. And, and so here we are, both, you know, creating podcasts. What advice do you have for me as like a budding podcaster? So the, the thing that sets people apart from what I've met and the reason I've got work is because I'm a geek about audio and recording. And it doesn't have to be clean. Like I'm not, I'm not because if you want that, you can go into like what they've now developed as podcast spaces. What they are are like broadcast rooms, and they're dead, right? So you, I, I don't know if that always works. Um, 
but using your ability to record and understanding what what you're recording and what the what its purpose is is the most important right. thing. Yeah, yeah. And I've I've realised that. Like so, the diff- the thing that set me apart was the fact that I'm so geeky about recording. If you want to capture like you're in a cafe, I can record it on an iPhone and then I can probably clean it up and it and you'll sound like you're sat in the cafe. Right. But I mean, I, I'd still choose to record with the two. Like I, I love, I've got these specific AKG mics that I use, and you can't buy them anymore. But um, I'd still set up with uh, a USB powered. Pardon me. I still sit up with a USB power, powered sound card and just sit and record them and and use use my your, your ear that might be more trained than someone that just wants to hurl stuff into an, a, a laptop or a phone and then release it because there there is still finesse because obviously again like if you record a punk band you don't you want to record it all scratchy and whatever else but yeah, you yeah. still hone it and make it sound professional and that's where because of my ability an understanding of product and what people want that's 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 key but also you're telling a story yeah yeah so telling stories t- listening to fly on the wall like a bit what we've just discussed is like we've reminisced about some bits and bobs but that will be interesting to somebody we might have talked too much we might not have talked enough in some spaces but it's it's about making sure that making sure you get to the point uh, in the most pleasurable way possible and yeah make, totally make it get an that. experience but make it inclusive um, and make it make it so that I don't know, like it, 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 anyone can do it, and that's great. Not everyone can make it sound amazing, and like p- picking things. Another like, another thing is like making sure like the music you pick is is um I don't know, like make, make it yourself if you can. Do you know what I mean? Like, like yeah, try, make it original. Like, right? Do it. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Just just get stuck in. Don't just like go and use a a downloadable whatever track. That always sort of bugged me when like. I mean, again, this isn't for financial gain either. Like, because I mean, and sometimes it has been, but like, if they want a track for their podcast, um, they'll just send you all these examples. It's like, well, for the cost of subscription over like however long you're planning on running this, put some time and effort into it. Tell me what you want, and I'll make it. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. If, you, if you're able, and if it's your own podcast, certainly make it and release it. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah, like, I completely it's, agree. It's like, the, luckily, Russ and Lou, and obviously myself, are musicians. So, you know, we're going to have created all of the music that's, that goes into this podcast. And one thing you will hear at the beginning of the, the web series and the podcast for the Ident is this little thing that goes... <laughs> okay. Yep. Now, what that is, is Russ and Lou obviously live on a boat. And when they're trying to get each other's attention at the other end of the boat or across their little plot of land or even across the river when one's got to pick one the other one up yeah. using their little outboard motorboat, they've got this little signature. <laughs> their cats recognise it. But to the actually, they do it so much that local birds in the local trees have learnt it and they confuse <laughs> the cats by doing it themselves. Brilliant. Okay? And then one <laughs> day amazing. I was like, well, you've got to put that in somewhere in yeah. the music of this podcast. So, 100%. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, you're absolutely right to make it. That's a great idea. Yeah, to make this unique, you've got to put as much of yourself into these things as possible, I think. And well, that's what I learned about like the, the projects I've been working on, like at Sketch especially, because I pitched that inadvertently really they asked me they wanted to make a podcast I just wanted to interview staff and people that provide art there the space is unreal man it's like a three star mission restaurant on one floor another amazing restaurant downstairs like like all the bars like it it's very well known in London but you don't know the story and you don't and you, you assume that there's a sense of pretense with these places and there isn't that was half of the reason I like taking the kids and, and I've had dinner there and like from like with my girlfriend and we've sort of had a chat uh, like over over eating like different types of butter and like instead of being snobby about it, going that's lovely like you know like just meaning it and I think that that's 
telling there's lots of stories and things that people haven't heard right yeah yeah and that's key yeah so like i i just sort of gave a bit of a personal thing of like well i don't really know this place that well so i would like to learn and by learning about it intrinsic like the way it runs and and what people and what butter they use from what farm and and what toilet paper they use and that sort of thing but like in an interesting way because the toilets for example are, are amazing in there they're all right. they're all singular eggs Right. You get into yeah, and there's like, <laughs> and, yeah, and there's like chickens right. that the sound of chickens and stuff is like it's it's so weird like um, everything's like an installation and it's like people know of it and they know of its Instagram and everything else but they don't really know what it is and it's like if you're if you're getting under the skin and podcasting enables that yeah I think and it, obviously you want it to sound clean you want it to sound nice but you want to sound like you're there yeah I think. Yeah, that's, that's just, and 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 fortunately for me, I've recorded in some really horrendous spaces and still managed to capture some really lovely interviews with people where you learn more about them, you know. And like I think I met um, uh, ASOS, who recorded in like a a cupboard, essentially like a little production suite for their video, and um, like Lady Leisure, the uh, female MC, is amazing. I love her. Met her like, and I'm a massive fan of her. And when she came in, I was like, I think I'd been out all night and looked like absolute crap. And was like, I'm so sorry, like I've been out and terrible and not ever. But um, I switched on and I and I was just honest about it. And I switched on, like I was like, no, 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 do this, do this, blah, 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 blah. And I like, applauded for like, you know, like off off mic and sound. It's like yeah, it was amazing. Like you just got got everything we needed by management and everything else. It's like cool, yes, because that's my job. Like I understand how mm. to capture it and how to make put people at ease as well. That's another massive thing in this. Yeah, like of the podcast I've made where I'm hosting, I'm not. I'm still learning how to do that because I put suddenly like, oh, hello. I'm talking like that to, <laughs> yeah. to people that I've known for years, like Plastician, uh, Dan Lassat, come on, you know, like, and, and I'm, he's like, why have you put on a podcasting voice? He's like, <laughs> you're right, man. I have, I have really have. Yeah. And I, I realized that quite quickly. Pro- yeah. I feel like props to Dan for that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's the sort of guy that would call you out. Yeah, like, of course. <laughs> I, I need to get down on actually, cause obviously I'm in Reading and he's in Reading. Yeah. Um, and uh, and I remember famously that he actually put on one of our one of our shows at Subway Sonoma when we were touring with Pip and he famously doesn't like drummers and apparently yes. like he was like impressed with me and apparently I'm a drummer that he doesn't hate. Yeah. So I should I've really, heard that too, I should actually. really get him on. I've heard that too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I mean we've we've probably come up to like over an hour or something uh mm. we, i've sort of lost track a bit of time which is obviously it, uh, uh, maybe that's a good sign of a, a sign of a good podcast yeah, man. Uh, and i'm already falling off my words um so is there anything else that you'd like people to like know about you so that they can follow you what how do people find you on social media i reckon the only thing i use is instagram because right. i hate facebook uh but i'm on uh, instagram as walkie beats w-o-r-g-i-e-b-e-a-t-s and i've had that since we went on tour um, Amazing. Basically, okay. that's it. Um, and I suppose I've stopped using because I just don't. Download. I just yeah. That's it. And just I suppose people there. can still get like War and Peace records from probably yeah, um, Space Development. Yeah, you can stream UK or something. You can stream. Like, yeah. You can stream it on like iTunes. Not iTunes doesn't exist. Sorry. You can you can stream it on Apple Music and Spotify and everything else. Right. It's all on Deezer and everything. Bricks. The Bricks record is on there. Broken Bricks will have national distribution at some point. Um, yeah. 
but I'll uh, I'll let you post that for me once this starts getting distributed. Yeah, yeah. and I think <laughs> and I'll send you a record too. Yeah, and I think we'll probably hear a bit more from you on Thames Times because you're going to help us sort of like uh, with a bit more distribution knowledge. And yes, kind of just help us with our podcast from a technical aspect. Yeah, so, and you've already helped me a great deal. So thank you so much. No, for not at all. Man. All that help, and also thank you for coming on. No, thanks and, for having uh, me. Cool. And yeah, let's let's go and have a beer. Yeah, man, let's do it. I really enjoyed that. See, the Morrissey story, get a nutter. I just don't care. You don't care? About oh, Morrissey. I used to love Morrissey. Well, his music, not, not so much a fan of the man, but... Um... Um, so thanks everyone for listening and thank you to our sponsors, um, Aster Microphones and Dream Symbols. Uh, go down about Ginger and Pickles and all of the other people. Can't wait to see you next week. They can't see us, Les. <laughs> no, they can't. Can't wait for you to hear us next week. Correct. Um, so we're very lucky to play um, a track to to end this wonderful podcast, um, and it is by Broken Bricks, who is um, Wargie Beats um, uh, uh, act. The track is called Slow Down. I think you can. They're, they're not doing much on social media. Um, you can only follow them on Instagram, so you have to follow at Wargie Beats on Instagram. Anti-social. Anti-social. Uh, 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 see what you've done there. Yeah. Uh, nice one. So this is Slow Down by Broken Bricks. <laughs> Slow down, we need to step back We need to find 
Bye, Bye team. team.